A second explanation of the expression begins Kun Muloi is as Unkaris renders it Hariba Hakim Muloi that Yosef was a very wise son to whom Yaakov imparted all the Torah and wisdom that Yaakov learned in the academies, the Shivas of Shem Beira. According to this explanation, Yaakov designated Yosef as his enemy because Yosef distinguished himself in wisdom, in knowledge and scholarship. A third explanation of the expression Kiben Tzvimuloi is Zivikuni Shaldesi, Deimel Shaldakov, that Yosef's facial image was analogous to the image of Yaakov, who personified the medial quality of the parents, beauty and charm. According to this third explanation, Yosef was designated as Yaakov's Anari because Yosef distinguished himself in charm and charisma. I don't know whether I, the Anari of Yeshiva's brisk, deserve from the perspective of the three shots or explanations of the expression Kibbeth's Kudinwoy, this special honor and recognition, and assuming that I don't deserve this honor and recognition, then I will be committing an available sin in accepting this undeserved honor for the missionary Sarah Smakes in Kirchela Galen says, Ritzeach Shebooli Omnipote, Rirotsu Amsheyoli Alechabde, Yemalohem Ritzeachani, Shenema Rizedba Ritzeach. If somebody kills unintentionally a human being, so he's hired to go in exile in the Oren Nikro to have a support for this manslaughter, unintentional homicide. Suppose the Yitzhia Bishelia happens to be a big town pocket, and the residents of the Nikot, not knowing that he was Nikshot in such a terrible way in killing the human being, but they know that he's a big town pocket, they give him covenant, honor, and glory, commensurate with his scholarship. So he is obligated to tell the residents of the city, Rabbi don't give me that covenant. I am a Ritzeach. Marcus says that this obligation implicit in the process in the expression has general application. If you tell me Tohem, who is only knowledgeable in talking one Mishnah, comes to a strange city, and the residents of that city think they overestimate his gears, and they think that he is talking two Mishnahs, and the Talmud Tohem, who is talking two Mishnahs, deserves more covet than the Talmud Tohem, who is talking one Mishnah. And the residents of the city, thinking that he is invoking two Mishnahs, 
giving the cover, the honor, the glory, commensurate with tears into his affairs, then, according to the obligation, the mitzvah, implicit in the expression, the zedvah, it is obligated to tell them, don't give me cover for two misafters. I only know one misafter. In other words, the Zedvara Vitzeyach implies a misafter to accept recognition that one doesn't deserve. Now, I'm not a Vitzeyach, but I don't know whether I deserve according to the three explanations in the expression this special honor that you are bestowing upon, upon me but even if I were to become extra generous to myself and audaciously presume that I do fit into one of the shocking more explanations in the expression I still would not be justified in accepting this honor of being the honoree for the simple reason that according to our sages Jacob of Vinu committed a great blunder in, in honoring Joseph thereby injecting an element of jealousy and ill will among his children. I am referring to the Gemara in Shabbat that youth. Gemara says, Omar Hamed Barbuye, Omar Rav, Leimo Malbishan Odom, Dinoi Benaboni, Shai Bishu Mishkau, Shinswoi, Milas, with Sainless Passing, Shoso Yaakov, Yensei, Yensei Mishal Bonov, with Kanupoi Echov, a father is not allowed to bestow special honors upon one son, even if he deserves it, because it injects an element of jealousy and ill will. This is a natural attribute jealousy. But Kilogram is coming. Chutz would make his salmide. Doesn't say Chutz will not be. Chutz would not be salmide. And because of the special honor that Yaakov Hill bestowed upon Yosef Atzadik, although Yosef Atzadik well deserved it, so the brothers became jealous and it was manipulated that the Israelites should be in Israel for several hundred years. However, Besides the three criteria for designating an honoree on the basis of the three shocking or explanations mentioned by Rashi in regard to the expression there is another criterion mentioned by Rebbe Shabe in connection with the first post in yesterday's second of the time as a basis for designating the memory. The member says, the Atotitzave Hadonitzi Zaisanon, the faith Vitea, Torah Bishem Shimko. 
Yeholoiku, so the Mishnah is question, Yeholoiku, Yisrael, Elohizayis has said the word, but in the Holy One is not in the walking, Nipu Yisrael, Nipu Yisrael, Nipu Yisrael, Nipu Yisrael, Nipu Yisrael, Nipu Yisrael, why is it that when he expresses the greatness and the uniqueness of the Jewish people, he compares them to an olive tree? But the Israelites are compared by the Jews to all kinds of trees. But the greatest honor, the greatest uniqueness consists in being compared to an outfit. Why? So the Mishnah says, Allah Zayis Hazeh, Achum Biyelone, Nikalgarinaisei, Rakim Rinaisei, Nazayis, Vinachbat, Vishakhevkinaisei, Maulinaisei, Nigas, Vinaisinaisei, Vimachon, Yemir, Rakim Tirkinaisei, Rakim Makifinaisei, Vichavoni, Umivi, Magoni, Rakim Nisni, Meshamon, I'm going to translate this marriage in English. It is written in Yemiyahu, The Lord called thy name a leafy olive tree, fair with goodly fruit. The question is, is the olive tree the only tree after which Israelites are compared? Have they not also been called after every kind of handsome and noble tree, they were compared to a vine, to a fig tree, to a palm tree, to a cedar tree, to a nut tree. They were also called after every kind of shoot, as it says, thy shoots are a part of pomegranates. Yet, when Yom the Nobi comes and says, a leafy olive tree, fair with goodly fruit. But in truth, the Lord tells us that the greatest honor upon Israel consists in the fact that they are analogous to an olive tree, just as an olive is picked from the tree and is beaten, and after it is beaten, it is placed in the back, and then it is crushed. And after it is crushed, it is bound with cords, and then huge stones are placed upon it, and only then does it give forth joy. So will the Israelites, the nations of the world, come and beat them from place to place. The nations of the world humiliate the Israelites. They persecute them and crush them and bind them in chains and surround them with soldiers 
and they put them in prison, and then the, the Israelites with children and turned to Akadishboku, and Akadishboku answered them. The gist of this message is that Israel is designated by Almighty God Himself as the honoree who deserves special honors and is uniquely worthy of special honors because it has the potential of elevating themselves through suffering, through disorder. The other nations demonstrated that when disaster overtakes them, they become moralized, they, they disintegrate, and they disappear from earth. Israel, however, is able not only to survive disaster and tragedy, but is even able to noble and elevate itself through tragedy and suffering. I agreed to become the anarchy as a priest banquet because I was convinced that I was chosen as anarchy because in the mind of all the rebellion, the administration, the directors, the friends, the supporters of risk, the women of risk, it was their unanimous opinion that, that I am typical and reflective of Yeshiva's risk in its entirety, who demonstrated that not only was Yeshiva's risk as a Yeshiva able to survive two major tragedies in one year, but that it was even able to ennoble and elevate itself through children in face of trouble and suffering. As I mentioned in the hopeful of my son Rossi, that the smart says that the most basic mitzvah of all the mitzvahs essay in the Torah, the Ramach mitzvah essays, is the mitzvah of the Yodato, the Asher Yaseh, that implies that when a Jew is overtaken by trouble, by disaster, by tragedy, he should not have shown let himself become demoralized as the but he should try to to elevate himself. There is a middle of the people We say it every day before the Dabu in the price of Rabbi Shmuel. Whatever is included in a general category and afterwards specified to teach us something new is expressly stated not only for its own sake, but to teach us something in connection with the whole category. The two tragedies that overtook me and Yeshiva's risk as a whole, namely the fire that took place in November 1982 and the stroke that overtook me on May 29, 1983, demonstrated that Yeshiva's boost, as a whole, was able not only to survive the two tragedies, but that it was even able to elevate itself through Chubek to greater heights 
in face of disaster and suffering. This is the reason as to why I agreed to become the Anari, namely because of the criterion mentioned by the Medrash Rabbah and the first Posik in yesterday's lesson. Unlike the three criteria for choosing an Anari, which are implicit in the three Shoti or explanations in the expression given Skundi, and which are, according to our sages in Shabbos, not to be applied because these criteria might inject an element of jealousy and ill will, the criterion of being able to elevate oneself through suffering, trouble, misery, and tragedy, which is implicit in the matter of and the first possible does not tend to inject an element of jealousy and ill will for the simple reason that a reasonable person is not jealous of suffering, pain, and disaster. However, according to the Yoshalmi Marcus, when someone is honored, it is imperative that he should not accept honor that is due to someone else, other to himself. In conformity to this imperative, I feel compelled to declare that my ability to elevate myself with children in the midst of suffering and disaster and tragedy and pain was made possible only through the patience and the self-negating sacrifices made by my wife, Rebbe's Now the pain is getting daily, but there were weeks when I wasn't able to learn for five minutes. And I reminded myself of what Marshall says in Brahes, the Gemara tells in Brahes, that the blessed Holo, so the Gehenen came to visit him, him. So the Gehenen said to Rabbalaza, Rabbalaza said, Lohebel is on. The marshal raises the question, he doesn't defeat an Amalek, a giant of power, to give such an answer? Yes, in the Mikabu the Ave, Yisum. And these were Yisum shall Ave. How come that he said? He said, Mohendel is on. So the marshal gives a very simple answer. He says, of course, that was there. And all other Chachamim Damoroi, who have Yisurim, they already took the Kabir Yisurim the Ave. But Ahmed Moramamuri, if he doesn't interfere with learning of Torah, but Yisurim was so intense, they couldn't concentrate upon learning. So, what do they accomplish? The reason as to why you have to be with Kabir in order to elevate yourself, but they couldn't learn. So, they were weeks when 
I couldn't turn. I couldn't even go over the Bayon. It was impossible for me to concentrate even five minutes. Now I still say, but zero. I can concentrate upon learning. So, so whenever I think of Robinson Soloveitchik's role in helping me to exercise such perseverance and courage in face of such suffering and pain, the story of Rabbi Akiva and his wife Jorge flashes in my mind. The story is mentioned in the Talmud in Sarasvidorim that noon and in Tzudes that Samovelis. Rabbi Akiva was a shepherd of Ben Kalbes of Boa. Ben Kalbes of Boa's daughter Rochel, seeing how modest and noble Akiva was, said to Rabbi Akiva, to Akiva, at the time he was not Rabbi Akiva, he was just Akiva, were I to be betrothed to you, would you go away to study in the Yeshiva? Yes, Akiva replied. She became married to Akiva and sent him away. When her father, Kaldus heard what his daughter Rochel did, he ousted Rochel from his house and forbade her by his vow to have any benefit from his estate. Rabbi Akiva departed and spent 12 years at the academy, at the Yeshiva. When he returned home, he brought with him 12,000 Talmudians. While he was approaching his wife's house, he heard an old man saying to his wife, Rochel, how long will you, uh, will you wait for your husband and you stay as a living, as, as a, as a, you're living the life of living widowhood? Rochel replied, if Akiva would only listen to me, he would spend another 12 years in the yeshiva. Rabbi Akiva heard that and he said, my wife Rochel gives a consent for my staying another 12 years. I'm not even going into the house. And he went back to the yeshiva and he spent another 12 years in the yeshiva. And then after 24 years, he came home with 24,000 Talmuds. His wife, Ochel, heard of his arrival and went out to meet him. As she was coming near him, some of Rabbi Akiva's Talmudim tried to thrust her aside. When Rabbi Akiva, at that time was already Rabbi Akiva, not Akiva, when Rabbi Akiva screamed out to them, leave her alone. Shalimi shalohem shalohi. Whatever I possess, whatever you possess, are due to her credit. I feel obligated to explain my Rabbi Akiva. Shalimi shalohem shalohi. Mine and yours are hers. All my perseverance in face of trouble, as well as the perseverance shown by my children and by my community in face of adverse circumstances are due to Rebson Soloveitchik's devotion, patience, and self-negating sacrifices. The Talmud in Misiachas 
در سماجیم و سیز آمداده چم و تیب و ایش و تیب و شنمر مات و ایش و مات و تیب این دیگه با میشتای کار هم و تیب و ایش و تیب و شرکاس رو میشد وین بی تیب و میشتای کار هم و تیب و ایش و تیب و شرکه و نمیشه و داد آتفنس How wonderful is a good wife for it is written, whoever finds a good wife, a wife finds a good thing. If the verse in scripture has reference to a wife, then how wonderful is a good wife that scripture praises her so much. And if scripture has reference to the Torah, then how wonderful is a good wife that the Torah itself is compared to her. This Talmudic passage implies that there is an analogy between the good wife and the Torah itself. What is the common denominator between the good wife and the Torah? I think that the Marshal in his young translator under Rotame, in Simon Lamitzayim under Rupe, mentions it through to this question. The Yamchal Shreve in Sinan Zion in the Rude says that when one makes his siyam of Nisrachte, then at the meal, in the Bethsamotim of the meal, he has to say, Shasim Chodimeh, just as the reward of the Bethsamotim at the wedding, Shalabach has Siyosim Amishke, so the reward has to say, Shasim Chodimeh, so at the siyam Nisrachte, Today, at the Sudha of the he has to say, Shasim Khomei, and the Mashal says, it is so important that in his city, he told the Jews, whenever they make his city, they make a party, they make a Sudha, they should say, Shasim Khomei, but the Jews, even in those days, so there are certain Jews who had the courage to disagree with the Mashal. And he said, whoever heard such a thing that you in Zion Sakhte Sude in the Tamur, you say Asim Abimele, you say it at the wedding, but not the Sim Sakhte. And because of that, many of the Sudes and the Simchas of Sim Sakhte turned into Palestine. And he says, as Hatoya in Maskia, that's what the Mashalites, that I was turning up to emphasize to all the Jews that they must say Asim Chabimeinei when the Ambor of the Kesamosim in the Suda Asim of Misak. It's a very remarkable mashal. And the reason is because a Suda of Sivisakta is analogous to a Suda Sivisakta. Just as the more Suda says that in Suda Sivisakta you have to say Asim Chabimeinei So, in Suda Asim Misakte, you also have to say Asim Cholimene. What is the meaning of the expression Shasim Cholimene? I think that the meaning is very simple. The Gemara in Misakas Kajigat after Timur says that there are seven heavens in the universe. And one of the seven heavens is called Moe. That's one of the seven spheres in the heaven. And Moin is the dummy size 
of the Malachi Asholins who sing Shira at night when there is total darkness. These angels apparently possess the remarkable quality of instilling joy in the universe by, by imbuing the dark spheres of the universe with song and music. In the Pirkas Hamozei, at the wedding of Shiva Mishte, the Marshal insists, we must say Shasim Khomeini in order to emphasize the point that, an idea, that there is an analogy between the Nisha Teor and the Torah itself, that in order that, that an ideal marriage is one in which the wife, the woman, is determined to be an Isaac in Egdei, even in the midst of total darkness, even in face of Yisrael, of suffering and pain, like the angels inhabiting the heaven or sphere of mind, who are able to instill joy in darkness by imbuing the sphere void in heaven with song and music in a similar way. The study of Torah has the capacity to dispel gloom, frustration and darkness by imbuing the dark spheres of the world with joy, sound and music. As the Yamala says in chapter Kukites, capital Kukites, the killing. If not for the delight I find in your Torah, Yamala says to the I will perish in my affliction. I can say the same thing about myself. I wouldn't have been able to survive the pain and the suffering that I experienced as a result of this struggle. And I just want to tell you something. My brother Rabbi Shabbat, so he has a brain sickness. Everybody knows. He has the Parkinson's disease. About two years ago, I visited him in his apartment in Michigan University in Dominican. And I started to talk about about uh, Washington, about D.C., all kinds of things. And my brother looked, at that time he was 78, but he looked like 99 or 100 or 105 years old. And then, as I was talking to him, he fell asleep twice. Then, I wanted to discuss certain alohas with him. I started to discuss with him alohas. In five minutes, he became so relaxed, and he looked like 50 years ago. I mean, how was he able in five minutes to become invigorated and youthful? And he didn't fall asleep anymore. And he kept on talking and learning. It's the Kiyach of Teirah. of beyond you. Because the philosophy of Torah has the unimaginable capacity to dispel gloom, frustration, and darkness by imbuing the dark spheres of the world with joy, song, and music. As Dovi Amalek says, This is the gist of the analogy between Anisha Teivor and 
Thank you. 